Hi, my name is Titi Mutendi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of Enterprising Families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Enterprising Families. And on this edition of Enterprising Families, I have got Professor Dennis Jaffe, who has written many amazing books on family businesses and family enterprises and worked with them across uh, many decades. And um, I just love having conversations with Professor Jaffe, especially about the intricacies of family businesses and um, how to keep that family business strong focusing on governance and, and focusing on the different things that don't that don't really people don't really think of when they are thinking about family businesses. Welcome Professor Jaffe. Thank you. Thank you TC. I'm delighted to uh, to be here and um, and to be uh, you know back um, uh, you know talking to your group again. Awesome. And today I really want to talk about your latest book, Borrowed from Your Grandchildren, The Evolution of the 100-Year Family Enterprises. Firstly, I'm just going to let you introduce yourself and uh, tell us why you decided to focus on borrowing from our grandchildren. Well, it's been, it's, it's been a journey. So I've been in the field of family business um, since it began to work as a field, since people started to get together and saying um, we should be um, looking at this, and, and this is a special kind of business that needs that has different rules than um, non-family business. So I've been involved in that, and um, about seven years ago, um, I decided to do something that that was um, for me kind of a capstone something I had had in my mind, but, but never got started on. And so um, the idea was, uh, I, I was at, I was, um, I've been involved in consulting and working with large families, but there were two questions that were on my mind. One is, we're recommending all kinds of things for families. And, and I'm, I was wondering whether these are kind of Western ideas that really applied all over the world or whether or they had to be adapted. And then um, and the second thing um, was I, I was um, I was uh, uh, wondering about um, with all the things that we're saying, what are how do we know that these are the best things to do and the and the and and the things that we really want to do? So I decided to do a study. Um, uh, you know, we know we have a lot of everybody knows what a troubled family business is and what a dysfunctional family business is. Mm-hmm. But if you study dysfunctional families, you're never going to learn about you may see all the problems, but if you solve all the problems, you don't create a great family business. So I wanted to look at the ones that were successful. Mm-hmm. So how do you define that? So I picked three very, very simple criteria. The first is it was a family um, enterprise um, that got um, past the third generation. So they're not quite a hundred years, but but most of them, um, but um, in the third generation, but um, they're approaching it. And, um, and the second is, is they kept their identity as a family and as a business. 
And I looked all over the world. I, I visited um, uh, and interviewed families from uh, more than 20 countries. Um, and uh, and uh, what, what was interesting is when you, you talk to family members in like the fourth generation, um, you know, people say, well, what about the first generation? I'm only in the first generation. And what we were able to do with the, these kind of third, fourth generation families is say, look back, what did you do in your first generation that made you successful, that helped set you on the road? And, um, and, and that was what was interesting. And, and, and uh, so I've been, um, and what I wanted to do is not do, I'm not, I don't do statistics. I really interviewed the families and what I wanted to report. And the reason why the book is a little bit on the long side is because there's lots of stories, um, stories of families, uh, all kinds of families. And um, they're, they're not just, another thing I, 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 as I'm studying families, I'm not studying businesses. And a lot of studies of businesses they kind of um, say, well, if the business is sold um, or the business um, you know, kind of uh, doesn't exist anymore, then somehow the family disappears. But if you study families, the family goes on. And so my, what I'm looking at is a, what we call an enterprising family, which may have a legacy business, but it may sell the business and have a family office. Some families may have a dozen businesses. They may have a foundation. Um, there are all kinds of different directions. And if you look at the family, you see that one thing leads to the next, to the next, to the next, rather than um, it's all about one business, which it isn't. Mm-hmm. And I, when I was going through the topics in the book, one of the ones that really shot out to me was your first insight, which is the founders build great businesses and the heirs create great families. And why this was so interesting to me was because of a lot of conversations I've been having recently, looking at what makes a successful family, like you said, what makes a successful family business? And if a a business has been successful enough in itself and it's been able to transcend from one generation to the next, for it to get to three generations, obviously the strength of the business can no longer be the businesses, the systems and procedures have proved that they work, but it's the family itself. Can you shed more light on that and your experiences from the conversations you had? Right, well, there was a couple of things and and this was a a great insight to me because it changes some of the the kind of common attitudes that we have about um, uh, business. The first is, people pointed out to me that in the first generation, there isn't a family business. There's a founder who runs a business that makes a lot of money. And he, um, usually he intends to create a family business. Mm -hmm. But two things, one is you can intend to do it, but you don't really, you may not really know how to do it because you've never done it before. And, um, and some of the things that the uh, founder does like being, in control of all the decisions and uh, not trusting other people and kind of making up things as he goes along. Those things are good for the first generation, but they're not good for a family business. Mm-hmm. So um, what we found is that the, that the family had to decide in the next generation, well, now we have not one person, but we have five, 10, in the third generation, we have 30, 40, there's a lot of people. And when mm-hmm. people say the family has control, 
um, if there's one person, um, that's true. But if you have 30 people and they're all owners um, and some aren't owners, but they just kind of expect to be owners, but they all kind of um, get together and um, you know, are, know each other and care about each other and have relationships. They can have all kinds, the, the idea of a family controlling something, a family can't control anything unless they have an organized, um, aligned way of working together as a family. The other thing, and this was like really important to families said, well, look, we got to the second generation. We had a great business. It produced, you know, lots of money. We we're all wealthy. Um, the business runs well. Um, but the question came up in the second, third generation. What are we together other than a bunch of investors? Are we just a bunch of investors who happen to be family? Mm -hmm. And the family said, no, we're more than that. And this is where the, the really distinctive essence of a family business comes up. We're more than that. We care about each other. We mm -hmm. share values. We have things we want to see in the world. And it's not just about business. So the second and third generation began to say that who are we as a family and what do we want to accomplish because we have been so successful in business? What's our second act? Mm -hmm. and, and that's what the family say, we're going to invest in creating a great family. And, um, and, and what, these, the, what the family sees is that the family is an investment that they're making. It's not, a, um, it's not a way to make more money. They've got lots of money. It's a way of doing something meaningful with the success that they've had. So these families begin to get together as a family. They begin to talk about activities, their, their heritage, their legacy. They begin to give to the community. They begin to do other ventures and, and go into other areas. They develop the skills of the next gen. They do all these things. And these have nothing to do with the business, but these are what they, they mean um, when they think of themselves as creating a great family. And just on that um, point, I'm just thinking, did you find that the families became found more of their identity or discovered the power of their identity when they recognized the fact that they had been brought together by the business and that it's that working together in the business or on the business ultimately made them have a sense of we we can create something great outside the business. Well, there was a couple of things that, that, that make that, um, uh, that's what they want to reach, but it's, it's a little bit of a challenge. And mm -hmm. the first is that the different generations um, and even the different branches of the family may have some different ideas. And, um, and particularly when it's the younger and the older generation, um, the younger generation has to be listened to, but they also have to respect the older generation. So the question for the family is how do we sift through these differences? How do we face them um, and, and not just um, have the older generation say, well, this is the way we're going to do it. And when I die, you know, then you guys can take over and you can do it your way. But this is the way it is. And the families um, that, that in, the, in the study were more able to kind of have conversations and say, well, let's figure out how to do both. Mm -hmm. Let's mm -hmm. figure out how to pursue some of the new ideas and the new initiatives, but also respect what you've stood for and when you created 
the business. So there, there's a kind of a, a, a give and take. And there's also a need for the, um, in order to do this, the family has to get together. So you can't get alignment by, you know, like, you know, by, by phoning in your votes um, or, or doing, you know, I, I, and it's a challenge um, mm -hmm. these days doing it online, but the family has to get together because they have to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. um, they have to become comfortable. Um, so there are a lot of things that these families do come uh, under the, the heading of, of family governance. Mm -hmm. And they're about getting to know each other, talking about what's important, talking about new ideas and things that are exciting, mm -hmm. talking about um, who's going to run the business and how the business is going to change. Um, what do they want to invest in? Um, uh, all kinds of conversations. And so the family members, they have to allocate time to have these conversations. They can't just, one family said, we want to do all these things and we have, we have an hour and a half a year. That won't work. That definitely Doesn't won't work. work. And, um, and the second is they, they have to take time. It's, it's not just um, a business meeting. They really have to take time to get to know each other, to talk about ideas, to you know, just kind of get a feel for each other. And, and mm -hmm. these are by doing family vacations, by doing family trips, by having educational sessions. So all these things happen um, as a family that are separate from and, and building upon the business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just looking at what you said there, um, it leads me into one of the insights that you had about the culture shift from patriarchy. How important is that culture shift, especially when they start building that values foundation that takes them into the future? Well, that's something that, 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 that pretty much um, all of the families in the study talked about is, is that the culture of the first generation, um, and this is not a criticism, this is just the way it is. Mm -hmm. If you start a business, it's yours. You don't have partners. You don't have to ask people what their opinions are. You can do take advantage of um, uh, opportunities and just go in. You um, you know you're you're a creative person. You know what your vision is. So all these things in the first generation are great, but then you have like five siblings, mm -hmm. and three are male and two are female, and then they get married and they have spouses and then they have children. And um, all of a sudden you have several people. So you can't, sometimes the older generation thinks all they have to do is name who's going to be the boss and that person will step in. Mm -hmm. But if you started a business, you have credibility. And, and if you are, let's say, let's be really extreme here, a younger sister mm -hmm. and you have older brothers and an older sister and everything, and you're supposed to be the boss, you can your father can say you're the boss, but you can't act in the same way. Mm -hmm. And so what we find is the next generation, even if one person is the business leader, they have to work together. Mm -hmm. They have to collaborate. They have to learn to be cooperative. They can't argue about everything under the sun. And um, uh, they have to learn how to compromise and understand that you can't get everything you want if you're one person. They have to learn how to figure out, um, do we want to be partners? Um, uh, sometimes 
um, these families stop being family businesses by dividing the business into uh, five siblings, five businesses, um, and they all go their own way. And that, 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 that's perfectly, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't create a multi-generational family business. That's true. So what happens is the family has to decide, do we want to do this? And if they're serious about it, they have to create a structure that is a a culture of collaboration and cooperation and compromise rather than uh, my way um, or the highway. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And looking at that, uh, one of the pillars um, that made me go okay this is an interesting concept is the rising generation is your product Mm -hmm. what does that mean well so here you have a business Mm -hmm. and it's complex and it's growing and you have a lot of wealth Mm -hmm. and it may be that the founder um you know kind of um you know brought himself up and educated himself and, and, and didn't have formal education and um, create all this. Now you have a very complex thing. The technology is there. The business is, has many, many employees. Um, it maybe um, spans many countries. There's a lot of, it, it's very, very complex. And um, so the next generation, you can't just name anybody to be the, um, uh, the leaders of it people have to be educated and informed. So these families, in order to be successful, they say, well, everybody in our family may not be a, you know, a, a business genius. Everybody may be, not be the smartest person in the whole world, but we have to educate them with basic skills and develop their capacity to be the stewards of this, uh, this entity. Mm-hmm. And so the family says, we got to make the best with what we have, and then what we don't have, we have to get advisors and we have to bring in non-family um, people, but we have to then work with them and, 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 and get alignment with them. So there's a lot to do, and the family that's successful is not just saying, you got a lot of money, um, you're, you're, in, you're, you're the boss, you're in charge, but really is helping the next generation develop the skills to be responsible stewards of, of all this wealth. and so. The next generation have to go to school and they have to learn, um, you know, basic financial um, structures and business. They have to learn a lot of things, even if they're not the, the business leader, even if they're not working in the business, they have to be knowledgeable. And that's what the family invests in the next generation. Mm-hmm. And when investing in the next generation, is it, it clearly means that they're investing in a shared future, a future where they're incorporating not just the generation that's there and the generation that's coming in, but looking further into the future. Is that right? Right. So, um, so they're, they're looking ahead. So there's a sense of, of, of vision. And mm-hmm. one of the things that, that the families talk about is that it isn't just educating the next generation. Everybody in the next generation the more capable they are and the better educated they are, they have a lot of other opportunities. So you have to take the next generation and you have to get them to want to be part of the business. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they'll just go, a, they have a lot of wealth. They can go get a good job. They may take their families and go live in another country. 
Um, there are all kinds of wonderful things they can do. So the family has to get them excited. And one of the ways the family gets people excited is by their vision, by saying, well, we are not just a business that's creating this or that. Um, we are also, we have a social um, uh, venture. We have a foundation. We, mm -hmm. have, um, we have a role in the community. Um, we're, we're, we're well known in the country, um, we, in our industry. Um, and so they, they, they have to create a, this vision in order to get the next generation to say, this is something I want to do. Maybe not full time, maybe they work in another career, maybe they're raising their kids, but they have to give time to be part of the family. They have to really have a commitment and take a role in doing something for the family. And this is what's, um, what's important. And I'm just thinking, um, when you're looking at that, it means also integrally, the family has to sell itself to the next generation. It has to, right. sell, it has to sell all the things, all the, all the values, all the, all, the, all the vision. And it's just not the business anymore that they're selling to the next generation, but it's a, a complete package. Is that right? Yeah, and, and the next generation has to modify it. All the families that, that in the study talk about how every generation has to get together and they, they, they love many things about the legacy and many things about um, what's been done, but the world is different mm -hmm. and uh, the concerns are different. So they have to feel like the family is taking their ideas into account and, um, and um, that, that they have a voice in creating the future. They can't just create their grandfather's um, vision anymore. It's not, um, it, 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 it's not what they wanna do with their lives. The world is different. The concerns mm -hmm. are different. Um, Mm -hmm. And so um, there's a um, there's a what we call a renewal, there's a, um, a redefinition, and um, and and a, a, a way in which the next generation signs up for the legacy values, but only if the legacy values can be adjusted mm -hmm. to be, for example, instead of just looking at your own community, you may look at global issues instead of just being a business um, in, in one place, you may have a commitment to expand it. Um, you may invest in new businesses that, that make a difference in the world. There are a lot of innovation that happens in these families and the innovation is what excites the next generation, not just continuing what dad or, or grandpa did. Mm. And looking at um, the, bringing in the next generation and getting them excited about where the business is going, how important are the, are the values foundation that the family gives each other and reinforces as they grow from generation to generation? Well, it's, it, it, this is one of the things, it's a moving target. So you have a, a value um, integrity, mm -hmm. you value social responsibility, you value, um, you know, teamwork. Um, you value um, uh, your employees. Um, these are nice statements, and they make for nice statements. But if you really look at them, everybody sees these things differently, and so um, you have to go beyond just the values. And this is if you can put the values up on the wall, but when you actually act on them, you've got to do um, a lot more discussion. 
-hmm. And so the families have to talk about how, what are the values that they maintain, but how are they changing in their, um, in their, what they, what they mean to the next generation. And, and this is something that a lot of families, they think they have their values and somehow um, everybody agrees that the word is, is nice, mm -hmm. but then um, what does it mean? What are you actually doing about this value? And that's where it gets, um, there has to be a lot of discussion and a little bit of argument and, and, and uh, accommodation. Um, so it's definitely not just about saying, uh, just looking at the words that look nice on paper and look nice on the wall and saying these are our values, but actually having conversations and correlating them to actions that um, are done by the family and the business that align with the word or uh, the meaning of the word that they identify with as a value. Is that correct? Right. So, so values, I mean, somebody said, um, well, values, uh, they, they, they don't do anything. They don't, they, you can't take a value. It doesn't make itself happen. Um, you have a value and the value is a motivation and something that's meaningful for you, but it doesn't just happen on its own. So you need, if you want to have a value, you have to plan and make it part of your life and make it something that you do. So you, then you have to discuss, well, what are we doing? Um, for this value. And, and now we have the pandemic and all these kind of social upheaval. The question is, how exactly do you do this with all the pressures that you're under? So families, for example, that have a lot of employees are saying, how can we afford to keep uh, all our employees on? Or how can we, um, you know, how can we stay open? Mm -hmm. um, what, what, how do we redesign our business um, in the post pandemic world that we don't have any idea what it's like um, uh, when the supply chain is disrupted, when we're, um, countries are, you know, kind of um, avoiding each other, trade is disrupted. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of choices to make and it isn't, you can't just have a value and, and make it happen. So families are, um, they, they, they're calling them reset conversations. They're um, resetting um, uh, you know, wh what they do and, and, and uh, how they do it um, in this, um, you know, new, uh, new world. And, and every family has a real, um, has a lot of work to do to do that. Mm. And then my final question is focusing on the, the core of everything, which is governance. As we get to third generation and above, it's obvious that the family has grown in many different ways and some of these enterprises have become bigger than just the one family business that started the whole legacy and there's so many moving parts in this how does um, having two pillars of governance help the families remain sturdy and helps and help them navigate raising the family and keeping it strong as well as managing the business and ensuring that it upholds the legacy of the family? Well, that, that's the big question that, that every family, you know, kind of grapples with each generation as they get bigger and bigger. But first of all, there's a, it starts with the business, but then um, as we were saying, you have to create family um, uh, organization. Mm -hmm. And so second, third generation families, have a business leader 
um, maybe the chairman of the board or the family CEO or, um, but they also have a family leader. And then they create a group of family that if they have 30 family members, there has to be some group that kind of organizes things. So that's called the family council. And then the family council has a leader who's the family leader. Um, sometimes they, um, they also create a foundation. Um, sometimes they have a family office. Sometimes families have wonderful vacation homes. Well, um, who's gonna you know, uh, take care of them? Who's gonna make sure that, that who's gonna use them? Uh, who's gonna, you know, kind of, um, you know, make sure that that there um, that there that there's upkeep. Who's gonna watch the costs and things like that? So the family has to have many many leaders, not just one business leader. Mm-hmm. And and that this is governance. Governance like the family has a family council, and then the family council has committees for the foundation, committees for family education, committees for family. Um, property and vacation um, committees um, for family gatherings and um, uh, and meetings, uh, 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 you know, kind of meetings. Um, so there, there's a lot of things to do, and that means that there's a lot of opportunities um, for um, uh, for leadership, not just one. And so families, a family that has 50 people, they may have a half a dozen key family leaders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Professor, for joining me today on Enterprising Families and just highlighting on the incredible journeys that these families have had and the lessons that we can all learn from them on how to get things right as we navigate our own family businesses and look at different ways of growing them into third, fourth, and many more generations. Is there one last parting word you would like to share with our audience with regards to some of the things they should look out for as they're building their family legacies and building their family businesses? Well, did it, did it say um, that there's a lot of steps and they don't have to, you can't do them all at once. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, that people say it's a journey. It's not a, it's not an event. Mm-hmm. And um, every, every year and every, um, you know, uh, every generation, there are priorities and they have to begin to see that um, there are many, many things that, that you need to do to create this successful family enterprise, not just um, one thing. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This was wonderful.